Hello and welcome to the Jarrett Show. Eric told me last week that before this starts, I'm always looking off to the side to see the red button, a good record button go on. So this time I'm just looking straight down the camera and I started and I'm sure he's proud of me. But we have got a great show coming up for you today. And now I have to look to the side to see the intro button. <laughs> welcome to the Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely Topics poorly presented. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Jarek Show. I'm Javad Malik, and alongside me, as always, is Eric Crone. Are you happy that I didn't look to the side? I can honestly say I've never been more proud of you. I've never been less proud. Of, I've never really been proud of you. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, at least you did that today. Now, the next step is if you replace the graphic there with the one that's actually centered that I made a couple of weeks ago. Then we'll be hitting on all cylinders, my friend. Did you raise a Jira ticket for it? If not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> all right. So, you know what? This is the high-speed, low-drag version. Uh, we don't have a guest this week, uh, which is, uh, it's okay. I mean, we we love having the guests, but this is going to be one of those really quick, let's recap a couple of things episodes, right, Javad? So, yep. what do you got in the can for us? So, we start off with some unfortunate news. Um you might have heard of the recent passing of uh, one of the pioneers, I suppose, in the industry, uh, John McAfee, a um, polarizing figure for sure, accused of many horrible things, uh, probably done a lot of good things as well. Uh, what do you think, Eric? <laughs> I love that. Probably done a lot of good things as well. Now, tr truth is, I mean, he got, you know, he certainly got a lot of negative uh, um, publicity um ultimately you know how much of that was a show i mean i get the idea the guy was a character putting on a show quite a bit um he played a part which was to get people i think to dislike him i i don't think he was necessarily a good person i do think he did some things that uh, were probably a bit on the uh unethical side <laughs> but um you know as a matter of fact you you were on a panel with him right you've met him before Yes, I, I was on a on a panel with him like about five, six years ago, and I met him. He agreed to do a, a short video interview with me, and he was actually really nice. He was very charming. Uh, I, I said to him, look, I don't really do like straight interviews or anything, but do you mind having a bit of fun? And he was like, yeah, let's do it, man. And he was completely in character. I said, look, when we start rolling, I'm going to pretend to not know who you are or forget your name. Uh, I said, you know, don't don't be offended. He goes, and, and he just laughed, and he goes, "That is absolutely brilliant." And he goes, "Let's go for it." And so he was very nice to me, and uh, uh, I certainly had a good time. But then again, he didn't um, murder me or steal my money. So yeah, I was going to ask you at the end of the interview, did you still have your wallet? Because I, <laughs> I understand that's that's kind of a big deal around him, <laughs> just in general, yeah. right? He didn't so. sell me any cryptocurrency either. So you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, speaking of, um, uh, I don't know, wallets missing and cryptocurrency, what a great segue into our next story, Javad. Uh, South African brothers disappear along with $2.2 worth of Bitcoin. Ouch. Well, you see, this is the, the um, capitalist society, material society we live in today. Instead of people being concerned about two human beings, two brothers being missing, the anguish their parents must be going through, people are worried about money. Just how low can you go? 
Right. So the question is, are they missing because, oh, I don't know, they took $2.2 billion, took up some new identities and bought a private island somewhere where they're just making it rain? Or, you know, is something actually happened to these folks? Ah, I see where you're going with that. Uh, yes, that that is that is another possibility, plot twist. But <laughs> that, they could have made off with the, with the money. So um, the the two brothers are based in Cape Town, and they their cryptocurrency investment platform was called AfriCrypt, hmm. uh, which is uh, actually it's a good name. I'm sure they could have got some money if they've just sold the domain. But uh, brothers. Um, Amir Kaji and Rais Kaji. Um, they founded the company in 2019, and um, you know, then their their attorneys are are searching for them. Um, investors have proceeded with liquidation proceedings against the company. Um, Bloomberg, I, I love this at the end. Bloomberg <laughs> attempts to call either of the brothers went straight to voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> Law enforcement's trying to get a hold of them. Everyone and their dog's trying to get a hold of them. They're like, yeah. they wouldn't even answer Bloomberg. Like, yeah. like, like that's that's the nail in the coffin, right? I do love the fact that if you if you look up towards the top of what you got right now, um, the CEO said there, uh, the COO had said there had been a hack and requested that investors not report the missing funds to authorities. Things are totally not weird feeling here at all, right? Oh, no. we lost a bunch of money. Don't tell anyone. Oh, and then they go missing, right? Um, I don't know. I, my skeptical, cynical side kind of thinks maybe they're living it up in Dubai or something like that under assumed identities. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I kind of get the idea that could be happening. What do you think? You, you just can't tell with these guys. I mean, I mean, I watched plenty of Columbo growing up. You might be onto something. You might be Columbo. onto something. Lord, you just showed your age, my friend. No, well, they, they were reruns off reruns. I had, let me put it that way. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. We'll go with that. Not a problem. No, I do think this is interesting. And, and you know, the thing behind this is when you give an organization access to that much semi-difficult-to-track currency, um, you're taking a pretty big risk, as these quote-unquote investors have recently found out. Um, you know, it looks like a lot of this uh, this cryptocurrency went through Bitcoin mixers or tumblers, if you will, that basically are designed to uh, to launder the money. So you can't see where it went. Um, so there's some really shady stuff that went on behind this one here. Um, but yeah, if you're dumping a lot of money into crypto um, and there's only like two people in charge of this or have the keys to that, that's a wow, that's just a a scary kind of thought. We need to start thinking more about that as crypto becomes more mainstream, I think. That's right. That's right. And, and I think this is where you start to see the value of regulation or all the regulation that banks and financial institutes are under and why, you know, not having them like in, in these cases is, is so dangerous because you, you have no accountability or even basic security controls aren't, aren't put in place. I, I read an interesting quote someone said, if someone says that they don't like processes, ask them if they like receiving their paycheck every month. And if they say <laughs> yes, <laughs> then they do like processes because they rely on one. They simply are, and they don't like processes that get in their way or slow them down, or which they feel are unnecessary. So, you know, maybe... No, 
Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, you know what? So so speaking of of you know, yeah, regulations and and regulatory stuff, we're going to step into this next one with a very interesting story um about some highly regulated in the news a lot sorts of groups and um this paper that came out. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this, Javad? So the, if if you're looking at this on on video uh, there's a screenshot of a, of a PDF that is 23 pages long. It looks very academic. It's by Do uh, D. Daniel Sokol and Feng Zhu, who are professors and um, I believe um, at a university. Regardless, uh, it's a very academic looking paper. It's all with all the references, every other every other word's got those tiny numbers on the top and then at the bottom it's it's got references appears very well thought out it looks the part let's put it that way yeah. now it's entitled harming competition and consumers under the guise of protecting privacy an analysis of apple's ios 14 policy updates and this goes through about how people's lose people lose because of apple apple are bad people uh, their whole play and pri privacy is a farce it's damaging the whole world and um it's evil yeah yeah and uh, how it we, gives uh, apple a, an unfair advantage is yes. what they say in a lot of these cases oh well apple now has an unfair advantage because of this because what they're able to track people through stuff through their terms and conditions, but they're saying that marketers can't. That's right. That's right. It's uh, the update represents an anti-competitive strategy disguised as a privacy protecting measure. Apple Ooh. now prohibits non-Apple apps from using information essential to providing relevant personalized advertising without explicit user opt-in. Okay, so Apple now prohibits non-Apple apps from using yours and mine personal information for targeted ad, uh, advertising without our explicit opt-in. How's that a bad thing? And it's a bad thing when you understand who paid for this report. Right. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. That's always the big question, right? Who funded this particular report? Was it written by themselves or funded by another organization, Javad? Why don't you help us understand that? Well, it was the United Nations Human Rights Watch. No, Whoa, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it was Facebook. <laughs> it was Facebook. <laughs> So here's Facebook talking about uh, unfair advantages and such. Um, you know, I, I don't know who's been in front of Congress more, Zuckerberg or any of the Apple folks, uh, for some of their types of stuff. But yeah, this is all made out to be such a great ap academic paper and released as such. But it is honestly just a hit piece on Apple. They do make some interesting points, you know, and there are some places where Apple could gain an advantage because of this. And there's no doubt about that. But ultimately, this whole paper is about protecting the revenue stream from our good friends over at Facebook, which their advertising revenue is about what percent of their overall revenue, Javad? It's about 
Yeah. So it's just it's it's about twenty four thousand million. Twenty four thousand million dollars was uh, Facebook's Q one twenty twenty one advertising revenue. Uh, so that's 98%. The other 2%, which was about 708, 800 million, was from other. It was just too small to, to even yeah. break out into, into, into categories. And um, to be clear, this, this stuff that they're talking about here, the, the tracking that they're doing, they're talking about looking uh, at information from other applications, which they currently do, right? And we all know it's kind of creepy when, you know, you, you, you know, send a text message about, you know, something about cooking in the kitchen. And next thing you know, the ads on Facebook are all about, you know, kitchen utensils or whatever, right? It's just creepy as heck. But that's what they do is they track across different applications and what you're doing within that. It's not like it's just within the Facebook app. And so this is what Apple's saying, hey, do you really want them to be able to do this? Uh, and you're being able to say, no, I don't. So if you think about it, for the, the golden egg uh, or the goose that is laying the golden egg, which is advertising revenue for Facebook, this could definitely be a hit on them. Um, but it's an interesting piece. I don't recommend anyone spend a whole lot of time on it um, because you'll see after the first few, you know, first page or two, it's basically a hit piece to, you know, that's, that's put out to look like an academic article. Unfortunate that we're in those days and ages, but we are, and this is what it is. It's a lesson in being careful what you're reading and understanding the source of why it was written and who funded it, right? It's like the medical ones. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so many times it's like, hey, you know, this is such a wonder drug. And then you find out it was, you know, it, it was sponsored by Pfizer uh, or something like that, right? So... <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you know, th this this is interesting because these sorts of changes will happen. They always happen in, through the course of history. And the trick is to remain in front of the trend. If you keep holding on to that trend, it will eventually dissipate the value. I mean, you could be the best vinyl record producer on the planet. There's just not a big market for it anymore. And you could complain all you want about how CDs ruined it or how digital music has ruined it. It might there might be merit to the case, but that's not going to change anything. That's not going to make everyone say, you know what, we we're going to get our old record players out again and start start playing. And and you know what, it's it, it, the, the way um, a lot of these have. Let me just take that. Uh, the way a lot of these companies have approached the world is almost like free the advertising model is the only way to make money off the internet and that's not true because we've seen that people are willing to pay for things that they feel are worth it and they're willing to pay more so um you know streaming tv stations i mean people have got three or four of those because they see value in say a netflix and an amazon prime and a hulu and a, a hbo plus or a disney plus they see value in all of these, so they're willing to dish out for just the price of a coffee a month. They they can <laughs> they're willing to pay for all of these different services. Newsletters, um, normally a free one, but now you've got services like Substack or whatever you they you can have it as a subscription service. And if I really like someone's writing, I will pay for it. So you know, it it, it, it just because something's free doesn't mean it's better. I think. You know, advertising isn't the only model out there. People write articles on Medium and they make money from, from that. And 
you know, th there's all sorts of things. I think that, you know, in, in some ways, the free model has damaged it because now you've got a ton of cheap or free crap out there, which is really crap. People only make them so that some kids will download it, they'll click on the red ball, and then every five seconds it will throw up some stupid ad uh, that might not even be relevant to them. So, you know, I think we, we need to just rethink about how businesses operate and what their value proposition is. And if it's all built around, or 98% of your business is built around advertising, then if that goes, then, you know, you, you have nothing left to stand on. Bit of a rant. Yeah, yeah. An interesting one, though. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to things like uh, online newspapers, I will always search out the one that's free instead of hitting the paywall. And I understand maybe maybe the information isn't quite as great in that, but because it's more of of an entertainment or enlightenment, uh, not in a in a sense that I'm going to use it for anything super valuable. That's just what I go for. If I come up against something with a paywall, I go back to Google, I hit that other little thing on Google News that shows all of the stories related to that that they choose to show you, and I'll pick one that doesn't have a paywall. Not going to lie. But I do have streaming services. I, I feel very seen by some of the names that you just threw out there. We have several <laughs> streaming services, and we've even been trained to pay for a shopping experience in the in the source of Amazon Prime, right? So we pay mm -hmm. for that to get the quote-unquote cheap shipping, which you get at 35 bucks, it used to be 25 bucks anyways. Um, but we're willing to pay like 100 to 200 bucks a month or 200 bucks a year for the honor of being a Prime subscriber. Why? Because they do offer some value through Amazon Prime, um, you know? And then you, you have those groups like Disney Plus, which this will be my little rant. I know we don't have a ton of time, but you know Disney Plus, so you subscribe to that. And now there's like Disney Plus Plus that you have to subscribe to to get the extra <laughs> things. And and uh, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. That kind of makes me mad. Um, but you know, ultimately, I think we're still trying to feel out how this all works there and work with these different business models. So. Um, true story, but I would like to point out too that vinyl is making a comeback, especially in the smaller niche people um, who, you know, are audiophiles and they love the grainy sound of that and they hear so much better than you do. And I can just wow. hear the compression in a flack. Where, anyways, we just won't even go into that kind of crap. I'm, no, that's yeah, great. hateful comments below um, <laughs> based on <laughs> the things we've said today. It is what it is, no, right? I it is what it is. And and you know what? Even advertising, I think it won't go away. And I welcome it. Stay. But let give people the information they need to make an informed decision. Tell them what's being tracked, how it's being tracked, why it's being tracked, and ask them. And if they agree to it, then that's fine. Just like if you don't want to subscribe to Disney Plus Plus to see the Care Bears movie, fine. Don't. <laughs> you know, I... I... I just want to throw this out real quick. I, I wish I would have thought of this. I just happened to see a story yesterday about some groups that are they're touting like an injectable chip to give you more personalized ads. Like we're, we're talking about, what was a minority report where they're walking along and the holograms are popping mm -hmm. up around, you know, and um, we, we are, we're trying some different things here. I don't know that I would go that route just to make them more personal, but Hey, well, you know, who knows? So, so, so if you had the choice between personal ads, impersonal ads, or no ads at all, what would you go for? 
And we've run out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on The Jarrett Show.